0: You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor George titled, Worship from the Inside Out. For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Hey, can we let those in, uh, or let those online uh, know that those of us in house love them? Make some noise for them. Candy, I know you're watching. Angie, I know you're watching. Uh, Eric Johnson, I believe, you're watching. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, And everyone else who uh, hasn't commented, Uh, we can't see your names unless you make a comment, but uh, I know you're with us. We're grateful and thankful and blessed to have you. Today, we're gonna do things a little differently in case you haven't noticed thus far. Uh, I wanna talk about one of the most important things that I feel uh, is just... Like, the most important thing, or one of the most important things, in the life of our church, in the life of our church. And one of my greatest prayers, one of my uh, desires and hopes for uh, Creekside Church, and something that I believe absolutely uh, it, it's something that I believe absolutely mirrors, reflects the heart of God, the heart of God. I think one of the greatest areas that we can improve uh, and grow in our devotion, in our, it's an area that we can grow, it's our expression of our love for God. It's our expression of our love for God. I think all of us, including myself, we have room to grow in that. So here's how we're gonna to roll today. I'm gonna to share a few thoughts out of scripture and then we're going to, uh, I wanna give us kind of three different qualities of how we are to worship God, kind of a continuation of what we talked about last week. And at the end of our time, guess what? We're all gonna have a genuine opportunity to apply those three thoughts in our expression of our love and our devotion of our worship. So here's what i like to do. I'd like to begin with the words of Jesus today. Is that cool? Say it's cool. John chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the what? True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, a little side note. If, if Jesus is saying there's, there's going to be a time where uh, true worshipers are going to worship God with spirit and with truth, that probably implies that there may, you know, be some false worship going on. There might be some false worship going on. It goes on to, Jesus goes on to say, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father what? Seeks. Our our heavenly father is seeking worshipers. I believe we were, like I said last week, we were created, I believe, to worship. Notice what God is not seeking. Public speakers, well educated, charismatic leaders. Beautiful people, well-dressed, the most Facebook likes. the coolest Christian saying posted on your social media account. How many, you know, mugs you have with verses on it? Magnets on the fridge. Come on somebody. I know I'm not just preaching myself. The Father is searching for authentic worshipers. Worship, you know, those, of, those people who worship just from the inside out. Some of you may say, well, listen, I follow Jesus, but I'm not really a worshiper. And I, I say, that's absolutely not accurate because I, we all are. Every single one of us is a Worshiper, We worship something. We worship someone. And if you want a little bit more insight into that statement, go back and watch last week's message. We all are worshipers. Last week we touched on this. What is worship? Showing what we value the most in our life. For example, a sporting event of your favorite team. You go and you cheer and, and what do we do? We seek autographs of our favorite player. We put time, energy, and allegiance and, and, and money into our favorite sports teams. We go to our favorite concert. What do we do? We cheer, we celebrate. We even sing along to the songs that we know. And sometimes we'll sing along to songs we don't know and make up weird words. Maybe some of us come into a large sum of money and what do we do? We go out and buy something that we've had our eye on for a long time. I have friends that have saved their entire, you know, life uh, while they were working because they said, when I retire, I'm going to go out and buy me a $70,000 truck that I've been eyeballing for the last 20 years. I mean, for example, at sporting events, at concerts of your whatever, whoever your favorite band is, maybe even a, a political rally. In all of these areas, you see devotion, you see celebration, you see worship. You see admiration at any one of those events, sporting, concerts, political rally, people lifting their hands, cheering, pledging their allegiance to whoever they're putting the most value on. And in all of these areas, we see I mean, good worship. If we're going to call it what it is, that's good worship. You go to a Raiders game, losing, except for last year, losing seasons for I don't know how many years, but people still cheer them on like crazy. Die-hard Raiders fans. My friend Pete is even wearing a Raiders vest today. (laughs) They cheer. What takes place at these events? It's if we call it what it is, it's good worship. We know how to worship. The problem is, it's of a bad God. And I'm not putting down teams or bands, but. The challenge is sometimes in church, we have just the opposite. I mean, in the, in, in the world, we have good worship of a bad God. But sometimes in the church, we have bad worship of a good God. Capital G. Example. We had about five to seven minutes of worship today. We kicked off our time together with about five or seven minutes of worship Let me ask you this question. Did you engage your heart? Did you express your devotion to God for all of the good things that he's done? Or did you come in a little bit late and watch the band? Or did you come in a little bit late and have conversations with people that you haven't seen for about a week? I mean, Jesus talked about this problem and even quoted the Old Testament. And when Jesus quotes the Old Testament, you know he's getting pretty serious. Uh, just my paraphrase. That's not reality. But he quoted the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, and he's talking talking about the the hypocrites. And he said in Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9, these people do what? Honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. I'm so passionate about this. And, and my, my desire and my hope is to help every single one of us, including myself, to help us prepare our hearts again to express worship to our loving, faithful, and good heavenly Father. But before we dig in, I want to... I prepare us with the words of David. And it's a very familiar passage out of Psalm, the Psalms. And it's Psalm 100, Psalm 100. And hopefully it will prepare us and engage our heart. It says, shout to the Lord, all the earth, shout to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God and that he made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It says to enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with Praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I think the problem is most of us stop at the gate of thanksgiving. God, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you that, you know, my car started today. But no, we are to go into his courts with praise. Praise where it costs us something. Where we proclaim that he is God and he is Lord of our life. He is in control. What I want us to consider today is in preparation to help us to be more engaged and and, and passionate more engaged and passionate about worship. I always come back to this truth, and I mentioned it last week, that I worship whatever I value the most and I become whatever I worship. And that's true for everyone, every single person on this earth and every single one of us in this room. Listen, there is power in worship. There is power in worship. God is enthroned on the praises of his what? People. And since God is seeking true, authentic worshipers, we want to give God the worship and the honor and the glory that he alone deserves. And as we go uh, through this time together. Some of us, they'll, you know, we're going to hear these thoughts that I'm sharing and you'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, PG, to-. listen, I totally get it. I totally understand. I'm down with what you're saying. And it, and it kind of shows me that I'm not too far off when, when I get pretty passionate and expressive and demonstrative with my acts of worship because I, I know that, you know, I can't, my hands can't help but clap when God's doing something in my heart. I get it. I don't care what people think. But for some of you, it's going to be an opportunity for you to learn how to worship in a way that you've never experienced before. I've always said if you want to experience something you've never experienced before, you have to take steps you've never taken before. And for some of us, it's going to be like learning how to express this worship in a way that, that truly comes authentically from the inside out. And for the next few minutes, as we prepare our hearts today to continue on in worship, I'd like to show you three qualities from Scripture. They're not deep and theological, but they're highly applicable. And when you do apply them to your life and your your worship, your expression of worship, it will change. Not not, Not just how you see God, but I believe God will change you through it. Three scriptures about authentic, true worshipers based on on this passage. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first one is we need to worship with awe. Worship with awe. Think about that word for a second. When's the last time you've been awed by something, in awe of something? I love the way the writer writer of Hebrews puts it. He said, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God, accepted, uh, accepted, accepted, I can't say that, say that with me. Thank you. It's participation Sunday. There's just certain words that just, I hear them in my head and they just don't work themselves out through my mouth. Accepted, accepted, accepted. Forget it. (laughs) Which then implies that there's an acceptable way to worship. (laughs) I'm here all day, folks. What is this acceptable way to worship? It says, with reverence and awe awe. for our God is a consuming fire an acceptable way to worship I also like what the psalmist said in 90 uh, Psalm 95 verse 6 it says come let us bow down in worship Kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. Many of us who are over, not myself, but some of us who are over a certain age probably remembers the song. Come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before. You. No, just me? I was like eight when that thing was being sung in my church. For he is our God. Anybody remember that? Why didn't you sing it with me? <laughs> you left me hanging. When we take a moment to think about God, that, the God that we serve, who loves us, who provides for us, who is faithful, who created us, we cannot help. We cannot help but respond in that way. To be like, oh my God. To kneel before him to put our heart above our head in worship to God. I mean take a look at what scripture says. I mean we see that the wise men what did they do? They sought out Jesus. They they, they when they found him, what did they do? They bowed before him. Luke shows us how Peter fell to his knees. Scripture also tells us about one day every knee will bow, every tongue will do what? Confess that Jesus is Lord. I'd ask you this, when's the last time, we, think about this throughout the, 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 the you know, your life, when is the last time you've been stopped dead in your tracks and consumed by the presence of God? When's the last time that you've been overwhelmed with the presence of God where you couldn't help but just worship? You've been overcome, overwhelmed, overflowing with gratitude for all, for who he is, not just what he's done. When's the last time I know for me, I remember an experience at at church camp, which I'm so thankful to God that we're able to have that again this year. Um, And for those who don't know, it's just a week where a bunch of pagan kids and church kids intermingle uh, away from their normal uh, daily life. And God does some extraordinary things. And I remember back circa 19, a few years ago, 85, that, that yeah, I, I was a junior high, or no, I wasn't junior high. Yeah, I think I was junior high. And, and the presence of God was so evident in this one worship night. It wasn't a Friday night cry session. It wasn't, you know, it, it was like midweek and we were up and, and uh, for those who know Camp Cornelia, it was a small chapel because uh, we didn't have the big fancy new one that they have now. It was a small one and it was packed with a bunch of s- students. And this one particular night, I remember uh, Kevin Plummer and Kim Plummer, and I, I think I was playing drums on 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 that night. And. Uh, man, the Holy Spirit just took over the joint. And it was, you couldn't help but worship the power of God was evident in there. And I mean, here's the deal. For about two hours, this thing lasted. These students from all different backgrounds and all different walks of life were unified in worshiping God in his presence, praising God in his courts and, and lifting up the name of Jesus, unified with one heart. And they were focused in. We were focused in on Jesus. I've never seen anything like it since. These students were standing on their chairs, lifting their hands, crying out to God like I've never seen before. It's funny, I think in God's kingdom, shouldn't that be normal? I don't recommend or advise some of us to stand on your chairs. It wasn't your typical teen gathering. It was full of faith. And we weren't focused on one another. We were focused on God. When is the last time you experienced God move in your life like that? True worship, authentic worship is with awe. The second thought is this worship. We, 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 you know, when we worship authentically we worship with abandon like we don't care it's not about what people think in second samuel we'll read the story of a consummate worshiper it's one of my heroes it's king david i mean who doesn't like king david right In 2 Samuel, we see that when the Ark of the Covenant finally arrived in the city of David, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament meant that that's where God resided. It's in that place. And where the Ark went, that's where God was. So as God's presence, the Ark was coming into the city, King David did not look around and say, Where are my best musicians? He didn't look around for someone to step up and play all the right songs at the right volume, with the right lights, with the right instruments, at the right tempo, in the right key. No, what did David do? What did King David do? 2 Samuel 6, 14 says, And David danced before the Lord with what? All his might. How did he worship? He worshiped with abandon. David gave it all he had. He didn't care what anybody else thought. He was worshiping his God. And all of the people, out of all of the people... The first to criticize him was who? His wife. You know what she said? She said, Dude, you humiliated yourself. You acted a fool. That's embarrassing. You're the laughing stock of our, not just our city, not just our neighborhood, but the nation. Not our house, not our street, but the nation. I mean, that had to cut deep, right? I mean, to have your wife to say, you're an idiot. Some of us are going, no, that's a Tuesday for me. I don't know. (laughs) But we, we know that the pain, you know, the pain that it, That one would feel when your wife, you know, but did that insult stop David? No. So David responded to his wife, he says, I was dancing before the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. In other words, what David was saying is, listen, you haven't seen anything yet. I will become even more undignified than this. Because of who God is and because of what he's done, I can't help but give him praise. Do you show up on Sunday morning having that thought in your mind? David didn't outsource his worship. He didn't expect others to do it. And I know a few of you know what I'm talking about. Not everyone, but probably a few. Because you've experienced God and you've experienced His grace. And it's changed you forever. Forever. You know what it means to be forgiven. You know what it means to to be different because of who Christ is in you and what he has done for you. You're new. You're a new creation. And you know what it means to be his. And because of what he's done, you've you've got to give him praise. Praise. You gotta get him. Some, you know, and, and we do this in different ways. Sometimes you just have to shout, you just have to clap, you just have to lift your voices and tell them that you love them. Tell them he's good. You don't care what you look like to others, you are in awe of God and you are consumed by his presence. So, how do authentic worshipers worship from the inside out? We worship with awe. We worship with abandon. And the last one, if you're taking notes, is we worship with intimacy. Intimacy. David said this in Psalm 27, or Psalm 27, verse 4. It says, one thing I ask from the Lord all the days of my life. Or one thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David's saying, if I could have one thing, it's not power, it's not stuff, it's not money, just one thing that he is wanting and what do, we see? What, what do we see that it is? It's intimacy, a close relationship with God. What does that feel like? What does that feel like? To have that kind of intimacy with God, to be that close to God, to be so in tune with his presence. I mean, some show up and and just observe. And and some some of us just kind of watch the band play. There's no engagement. Some of us only show up because our spouse drug us here. Or our parents made us come. David says he wants to dwell in his house. He wants to set up residence in the house of the Lord. Seeing his glory, experiencing his presence, worshiping him. I want to draw close to God. And when, 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 when we talk about intimacy, you know, and, and husbands, you can relate to this, and, and, and wives, you can relate to this. When I think about worshiping with intimacy, it's kind of like this. If you asked me about my wife, if you asked me about my wife, I could go on and on with the details that I love about my wife. I mean, I love the way that she smiles. I love when she affirms our family uh, value of loving sarcasm. I love the way she leads our daughter in faith, wisdom, and integrity. I mean, I could go on. I, I, I love the way she pursues God on a daily basis. I mean, you may not know this unless you know my wife. But she's a die-hard Warriors fan. She's a die-hard Raiders fan. Granted, she doesn't like to watch the Raiders games with me. (laughs) Because of the way I may or may not act. (laughs) Or what I may or may not say. But I love the way we can sit and watch the dubs. And have an intelligent conversation about the game. Now, notice... I, I I don't have to do any research. I don't have to, you know, go to a class. I don't have to consult the oracle of Google. <laughs> I, I don't have to stalk her on social media. You know why? Because I know her. I know her intimately. I know my wife. That's what God wants from every single one of us. As we grow to know him, he doesn't want us to know facts about him. But intimate knowledge, a genuine, authentic relationship with him, of his character and his goodness, born out of a time in his word, he wants us to spend hours in His presence. Speaking of family, I'd, the 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 other woman in my life, my daughter. I remember when she was little, and you know I. We do this saying when we, we, in a house we lived in a number of years ago when I was staffed, But she'd say, Dad, I'd say, Maddie, it's, it's, it's bedtime. And, and she would say, all right, Dad, potato sack me. And that, you know, I'd pick her up and throw over my shoulder. And then I'd run up the stairs with her. And then I'd put her down in bed. And then she would never let me leave because she would always say, Hey, Dad, just lay down with me. Can you lay beside me? No, Matt, I, I got to No, no, Dad. I, I, I lay down. Why? Why do you want me to? She wanted me to to lay down with her just so she could be close to her dad. She said, "I just want to be next to you." One one morning, I was. I got up and I. For I don't know. We all brush our teeth every day, and one day I was brushing my teeth, and. <laughs> yeah. Just one day. And I was sitting there, and we had this big mirror in this, in this house uh, that we lived in, uh, in the master bath. And I, I'm sitting there brushing my teeth. And then I, I see her out of the corner of my eye kind of come up beside me. And she's doing this. Mimicking me. And I just looked at her and go, that's so awesome. She wants to be like her dad. Listen, that that's... That's what I want for Creekside Church. That's what, I, that's what I want for Creekside Youth. That's what I want for Creekside Kids. Still should be an S. That's what I want for all of us. Creekside Groups. That's, that's what I, I, my prayer is. I, I, I envision a people so passionate about worship that they arrive early. I thought that would get some praise or some amen, but (laughs) I think I'm, I'm kind of pushing the envelope there, huh? That they would arrive early and not only arrive early, but they would, they would bring their Bibles to save a seat up in front and that, that you can't wait to, to get into some time of worship and prayer. With other people. I, I, I see people who have heard from God during the week and seen God work in their lives and, be, and and seen people who have been transformed even you know more by his grace who can't wait to 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 get to church on Sunday to share and to celebrate what God has done with other people with passion. Engaging our hearts. They can't wait to join other believers to give their very best to God in worship. I can't, I'm believing that for our church. In a few minutes, as the worship team makes her way up, We're going to have an opportunity to express our love, our devotion for God. And I want to encourage you to ask God, I want you to search your heart. Search your heart and ask, in which area do I need to grow? In which area do I need to grow? Ask God to reveal it to you so you can begin to experience him in a way that you have never experienced God before. How do we worship in spirit and in truth? We worship in awe. We we worship with abandon. We worship intimately. I'm going to invite you to stand. Stand. Which, which area, which one of those three do you need to grow in? Some of us, it's going to be all three. Some of us, it may be one or maybe two. But ask God to reveal in you an area of your life that you need to let go of and let God be the Lord of. So you can fully worship him and give yourself fully to him. Is it awe? Have you kind of of taken this relationship with Jesus for granted or this opportunity that we have to gather with other people for granted and it's just kind of ho-hum. It's what you do on Sunday. Maybe God is saying, no, you need to come to me with some awe this morning. Realize who I am and all that I've done. You know, he wants you to be blown away by his presence where, you, where you're stopped dead in your tracks and you can't help but to lift your hands, to shout out, to give him some praise, maybe to, to kneel down. Maybe for some, it's, it's worshiping him with abandon. You know, we're so about how we look and how people perceive us. And we're so worried about what people think that we're neglecting the most important person. And that's our Father God. We're making other people our God. Be like Dave and say, I don't care what I sound like. I don't care what people think. I don't care what I look like. I'm here to worship my God, the one who provides, the one who brings hope, the one who heals, the one who restores, the one who redeems. Maybe it's intimacy. God, I'm sorry for just knowing things about you. I want to really know you. Let us stand to our feet and worship God. But before we do, let me challenge you with this one last challenge. Something in preparation for our hearts. Psalm 141, 1 and 2. It says, accept my prayer as incense offered to you and my upraised hands as an evening offering. Church, I want to invite you right now. Let's lift our hands. Everyone lift our hands. Don't worry about what you look like. Just lift your hands. We lift our hands to you, Father. Lifting your hands. You know, we know how to do this and most of us know what it means lifted hands means two things it means victory and surrender and when we do this with a heart of worship you know what church it means both it means both Let's surrender our hearts and our lives to God this morning as we close our time in worship. And let's give him some praise that is due to him and him alone. Amen? Amen. Let's worship. you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the